Hello, this is Nancy Ray, your host for the Rebel Haven podcast, a show designed to inspire, educate, and empower our community of entrepreneurs that think differently. For as in the words of the great and late Steve Jobs, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. I have a dream that one day, it's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome. This is your host, Nancy Ray. And today I have joining me, Miss Sharon Girdwood White, the artist, school teacher, and public speaker extraordinaire. And the reason why I invited Miss Sharon to join us today is because she is someone who definitely, absolutely lives in her genius. How many people do you know that are a school teacher and a professional artist? And the way she set up her life to support and facilitate all of her different passions and gifts is truly incredible. So with that, welcome Sharon. Thank you, Nancy. (laughs) I feel very welcomed. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So my first question for you is why be a school teacher and be an artist? What inspired that? Okay. Well, when you're a young person and you get asked by your second grade teacher, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wrote on my little sheet of paper that I wanted to be a teacher or an artist. And the way that life is set up right now, currently, being an artist is, it's pretty hard life to make a career on, right? It's kind of feast or famine. There's some pretty strong social ideas about how artists' lives go, right? So... I had to look at a way that I was going to support myself and also support my truest passion, right? So um, I looked at education when my children started being born and I knew that I wanted to bring something different to the table because the public school system was not meeting this idea and understanding that I had that would facilitate and foster children's natural curiosity and growth, which was something I felt that I was missing in my life growing up. So I started researching different methodologies that were around and Montessori was the one that struck me. And so I got my Montessori degree and working and doing my Montessori degree and getting my Montessori degree and then working in a Montessori school gave me the finances to continue buying paint and painting and keeping that part of my life really fully alive. That's awesome. So Sharon is actually, um, my daughter goes to her school. So when I met Sharon, I actually met her through her art. We were, she was at a show. She was doing a show here locally in Idaho Falls. And I walked in and I saw her art on the wall and was like, that is mine. (laughs) I will be buying that and that will be coming home with me. Um, fell absolutely in love with her art and her style and her vision and the way she sees things. And then a few months later, I figured, found out that she actually ran a school. And I thought, wow, what a cool thing. And what kind of school does a crazy artist that sees and paints things so differently, um, what does that look like? (laughs) So I messaged her back and forth a little bit and she introduced me to a concept Um, a type of schooling called Sudbury. 
So that's something that would be fun to talk about. Do you want to just explain briefly what Sudbury is? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> I am very passionate about Sudbury and what that methodology is. And the most simple understanding of Sudbury is that adults provide a space where children receive absolute responsibility for their own education and their own preparing themselves to be a contributing member of society. And that's it. That's the simplest way you can describe what Sudbury is. That's actually a really good way to describe it. So <laughs> basically for me, I, I'm all about new ideas and innovation. And the minute she started speaking, it started like pinging me in my head that this is this is the missing thing in education right now is creating environments that foster kids developing their passions and their geniuses. And um, so I started researching it right away. And from the outside looking in, it seems so incredibly, um, I don't know, stupid, <laughs> radical, impossible, uh, where you don't actually have teachers anymore. You have facilitators. You have these adult humans just truly holding space and empowering kids and allowing them from within that space to develop and grow. And at first I was like, there's no way this actually works. And I started researching more and more. And these kids are incredibly intelligent, very, very creative. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's not like a lesser education. That's what I was worried it was going to oh be. Oh my gosh. It's I was so <laughs> the opposite of lesser education. I, I was, I was truly worried. I was like, man, if I were to send my kids here, would they ever be able to even do math? or read. <laughs> I was honestly worried about that. So could you speak to like, how, how does learning actually happen in an environment where kids get to choose it? Cause most kids hate school. Right. Well, that's not the case with Sudbury education because everything is self-driven and self-motivated, right? So I mean, everything, there's nothing, nothing in the school is given to these children. They have to work for everything that they want, including their pencil and papers, right? So when you stick kids in this environment where if they want to paint something, then they have to buy their own materials and the adults in their life are actually supporting this model, then what happens is, is that their true drive says, oh, hey, I want to paint and I need some paint supplies. So how am I gonna get that? So they go to the adults and they ask the adults an actual question. And because the adults in their life are actually there to truly assist them and truly listen to them, they give really fantastic feedback on how they can help themselves, not how the adults can facilitate it for them. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then you have these kids that, you know, they'll bake cookies and sell cookies at school. So they have to learn how to count the money and know how to make the cookies. So they are doing math to make the cookies and then they know how much they're selling. So they're learning about profit. So I make these cookies and it costs me $8 to make them and I sell them for 12. So I'm only making this much profit. So I'm gonna need to make 10 batches of cookies so that I can have enough money for these art materials. And then when they finally baked all those cookies and sold them all at school and it's taken them a month, they finally go and buy these art supplies and they use those art supplies like they are gold because they had to work for them, right? They have this legitimate appreciation and respect mm -hmm. for the things that they've worked for. And then they also, they don't have fear of going out and working for the things that they want or making mistakes and having to try again. Like this whole, the system is set up to succeed. It's, it's the most successful way that you could raise children and educate children is by giving them all of the control. 
Yes. Right. Within a a safe space. Right. That's so important Mm -hmm. to realize. So if you haven't yet heard of Sudbury style education, I highly encourage you to go look it up. Go go to sudval.org. That's the benchmark Sudbury school. Sudval.org. So S-U-D-V-A-L dot O-R-G. Awesome. Well, you heard it here first. Remember that. (laughs) Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so now back to your art. I want to talk to you about this as well. So um, Sharon, recently you you went and spoke. Where did you speak? I spoke at the Professional Development Conference for the Northwest Educators, Art Educators specifically. So I went over to Boise and I was the keynote speaker and... When they contacted me, they basically asked me to, what they were looking for was some fresh uh, motivational insight onto creating art authentically. And I was like, yeah, that's me. I'll I'll do that for you. (laughs) (laughs) I can talk about that all day long. So what I spoke about with these beautiful people that I got to meet with was how do we actually connect into authentic creative space? And what does it look like to get in there? And then what does it look like after you've actually gotten in there? So it was pretty rad. So this is what I love about this is... It's wild to me because art, music, I mean, any of those, I mean, they're all the arts, right? Any of those expressive mediums were originally designed and created to be just that, a place of expression and creation. But what has happened over time is in order to teach art and music to people is somebody was like, ooh, this is the best way to do it. So they developed their own system, but then they got enough people to buy in that like, this is the only way to learn music or to paint or to do ceramics or whatever it is. And because of that, we've actually created inside these beautiful arts, a very rigid status quo that is the exact opposite of the original art form why it was created (laughs) and and that's what we're really about here right is revolutionizing and really it's returning right it's a it's an unlearning back in it's a rewilding so i would love for you to just comment maybe on your experience uh just going to art school sure look i love the fact that you said rewilding because so the thing that worked the thing that truly worked for me going through art school and going to university for art was this recalcitrant attitude that I had to authority, right? So the teacher, I, I, how the way that my gift works is that I already see it in my mind, right? I already see what the painting looks like. And all I have to do is translate that onto the canvas. And in art school, the way things work is that you're supposed to sketch out your idea and do lots of different color schemes and try lots of different ways of doing it. Whereas I was already clued in and I was already tapped in this way, right? To paint the way I knew how I wanted to paint. And so when I would do my assignments and they wouldn't look the way the teachers had assigned, I would fail. But being Sharon, the thing that made me who I am is that I didn't care that I failed. (laughs) So I didn't care about the grades that they gave me. I I cared about the art that I was doing, right? So... I got to this point where I really, I didn't care about their grades so much that I just decided to leave their grading system and go off on my own and learn my own way. And the great thing about that is 
there's nobody that can tell me, the creator, what my paintings are supposed to look like other than me. So spending all of this time in my life dedicated to t tuning into what my intuition was and then translating that onto the canvas was like the most epic unwilding practice, right? Rewilding. Yeah, re what, what did you I say? You said unwilding. Yeah, great. We I, want you wild. Yeah, want me wild, right? So basically I just didn't ever allow anybody to tame me. Like that wasn't possible or yes. something, right? So that's okay. I can be a wild animal. That's good for me, that's right? That's good. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So, you know, I have this really, um, I'm really confident in this f going my own wild little way, right? And then also encouraging other people to totally do that because there's nobody that can tell you what your path looks like. You're the only one that can tell you what brings you joy. You're the only person on the planet that can tap into that magical little voice inside of your head that says, yes, this is the thing that makes me lit up inside. So if you're listening to other people to tell you what you have to do or what you have to draw or what you have to paint, then it's never going to be authentic. It's never going to come from this place of who you really are, right? And the most amazing thing about art and the most amazing gift that it gives us is this one track bullet train to what authenticity actually is and then if you can take it one step further and not caring what other people think of what that authentic thing looks like then you have this magical place not caring what other people think and then also truly putting out there what is really you that's like the magic that's where it's all at yes 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 i love this so one of the first laws in rebellion to be our divine rebel is to follow your inner voice above all others and not caring and truly releasing what anyone else would think or say about it and that is so that is so hitting the nail right on the head so i'll tell you one thing about um the one of the greatest compliments that i got at this conference and that was when i was introduced i was introduced by this um lady who i've known for quite a few years and she, when she stood up she said out loud to this big huge group of people that the thing that she loved the most about getting students that had come from my mentoring program was that they weren't afraid to make mistakes and they weren't afraid to try everything right so I guess that she's a public school teacher so that's very rare for her to find children that are willing to make mistakes or be authentic and be in their space and for me I was like that's the best freaking compliment ever right like these kids that are coming out of my program are really okay with making mistakes that's the best thing ever because that's the greatest learning ground right like and then also this idea this expectation that something has to look exactly the way you thought it was going to look when you first conceived an idea like I gave up with that long ago doing art right that I would have this idea of what something's supposed to look like at the end but then I would go through the process of actually painting it and it would look different so I had to come to this place that I was either okay with the finished product or I was going to bitch and moan about the finished product and be upset about it and then hold on to that upset feeling forever but then I would go to shows and people would be like oh my god this painting's amazing and it touches my soul and and I'm sitting there criticizing it, you know? <laughs> and so it really like shifted something big, like the process of doing art and allowing myself to be seen shifted something as far as other people's perspectives and how much weight they should have in my own creative process and how they should have no weight at all in my creative process and yeah. 
how other people's opinions actually really truly don't matter at all. And so this is plinking so much for me right now as I'm applying what you're saying and sharing to just business in general and to my own business in general. Yeah. Uh, I love that idea of how many, how many people when they start a business and they have the end in mind, how often does that actually happen exactly the way you think? God, it never does. Never does. And I think sometimes we get so obsessed with that original vision that we're not open to the uh, the zigs and the zags, to changing direction, to adjusting this here or adjusting that there, and even going in a completely different direction, if that's what makes sense. And I really also loved the way that you said, um, again, like really releasing what other people think, but most importantly, remembering that like the best next step for you is going to be the one that's intuited um not the one that's going to come from the book or someone's seven step process to success so that is absolutely brilliant the final thing i wanted to add as i was listening to what you were saying is just that i find that like the best place that we can be is to be in service to our genius not in service to money not in service to the status quo not in service to what people think not in service to the system for sure but be in service to our genius and let that be the master, if you will. So that said, before we wrap up, is there any last minute thoughts or ideas you wanted to share with our audience? Oh, right. I just, I guess I would add on to that, like being in service of your genius. Like if something is truly your passion, if you're truly lit up by something, then stepping into that space daily and dedicating your life to that daily, even if it's 10 minutes or an hour or whatever it is that you have, that habit, that creating that harmonic rhythm for your own life is super important, right? Like checking into that space and being in that space that's your passion, that's how you keep it lit, right? It doesn't I love matter. That. Yeah, it's really important to do that. Yeah. Seriously, mic drop. If you love it, (laughs) like when I was writing my book, I had a coach at the time and she's like, oh, so you want to be a writer? And I was like, yeah. She's like, do you write every day? I was like, uh, when inspiration strikes me and she's like, uh, no, writers write, writers write every day. So if you're a writer, you get to dedicate time to that craft. It's listen, nobody tells me to be a painter, right? And like nobody, nobody has to force me to go into my studio. Nobody has to force me to buy paint. I do that all on my own. I go into the studio because that shit lights me up. That's like when I'm in there, I don't want to be doing any, that's my favorite place in the whole wide world. Why wouldn't I gift myself Mm. that time? I mean, time is the most valuable currency that we are spending it's the most valuable currency. Mm-hmm. So you better believe that I'm giving myself that currency every day. I love that. Well, <laughs> and that, that hits on, we could go, we could go forever on this. That hits on a whole other thing, which is that so many people don't give themselves permission to do what they really love. They don't feel like they're worthy of it. They feel like that's a special occasion thing. It's not something that they give themselves the gift of daily. I know, I know people that get so caught up in all their other responsibilities in their life, they can't even wash their hair daily. They have a schedule like, oh, I'm allowed to take a full shower and wash my hair every third day because I just don't have time to put to that. And that is so craziness. So if you really love yourself, give yourself the gift of more of you, your genius in your life. To stay in touch with Sharon, you can find her at her website, www.artsyaussie.com. Sharon is from Australia. We totally forgot to mention that she's an Aussie. So the website is www.artsyaussie.com. A R T 
S-Y-A-U-S-S-I-E dot com. And from there, you can get linked to all of her social medias and see some of her art. So that said, as we wrap this up, everybody, I just want you to remember that whatever your vision, whatever your dream, that it is absolutely 